The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Have you been wanting to lose weight and get healthy? Now's the perfect time to start Nutrisystem. Enjoy your favorite foods made healthier, delivered free to your door. Right now, you can get uniquely yours ultimate, our most complete foolproof plan at an amazing price. Order today and save 50%, plus get an extra $40 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash save and discover what millions of people already know. Nutrisystem works. Limitations apply. See website for full offer details. October 18th edition of the PFF Forecast. We've got our general three brilliant questions that we want to answer this week. We have a question from the dark web that resulted in an article. And, of course, we've got college pick and NFL picks of the week. Let's rock. didn't feel in a singing mood yeah makes sense it's kind of cold in here you want your vocal cords to be warm we both have sweatshirt i'm just bummed that you're wearing a sweatshirt because the shirt that you wore today is fire well I, that that means that i the hate people, for all five people that are watching this that right means now that means not that get the, to see this t-shirt that well, you if the people rocking. want the shirt they can go to the the pro football focus youtube page and look at our college pick of the week and what our trend nfl trend of the week and they can see the t-shirt I that's was true or you could check out the si um gambling show where you are sporting this shirt as well if you want to purchase it you could go back to 1997 and go to a like one of those skater not uh, true you're normally a, good at this stuff but you're actually skater, wrong what's a skater shop uh I don't know. I don't. I Hot don't topic. Hot topic would be, <laughs> would be right on. Yeah, that's where you could purchase it. It's pretty, pretty fire. All right, we are brought to you by mybookie.ag. Of course, I am George Shahuri, and I am, pr- in in the presence of, a t-shirt wizard himself, Eric Eager. So let's start with the three questions for this week. We're on to week seven. Uh, first one is what? Yeah. So the first question we have is. Will we derive any clarity about the AFC South this week? Uh, I guess sort of, right? Because Houston could be down and out if they just get crunched. Deshaun Watson's teetering on... Speaking of crunched. Yes, teetering on the uh, precipice of not being healthy enough to play football. Um, And Indy, like if Indy loses to the Bills... See you guys later. It's over, Johnny. I think Tennessee. I think te- people are riding off Tennessee a little bit early, but they, you know, like it could. If ja- if Jacksonville wins convincingly, they could be right back in the driver's seat, and they're in that division, right? Yeah, and I think that's what people are projecting here. If you look at my bookie, Jacksonville to win the AFC South is plus one ten, so basically yeah. just a little bit under fifty percent. 
Uh, Houston's plus 180, which I think is a little too short. Tennessee, plus 330. That's probably the best value of them. And then Indianapolis, plus 2,500. If you're looking for a shot in the dark, a little amount of money to make a lot of money, I think that that one's a good one. Just because after this week, one of the teams is going to be 4-3, and three, maybe 3-3-1. Three, three and one. Mm-hmm. Two of the teams are likely going to be three and four. I think Tennessee probably loses to the Chargers in London. They're heavy, heavy underdogs. And then Indianapolis is a more than a touchdown favorite against Buffalo, which we'll talk about later. They could be two and five. Not not a terrible not terrible straights for Indianapolis to be in, given all the injuries they've had and the kind of like acclimation of Andrew Luck back into the fold. Yeah, I mean, Indy's tough thing about Indy is they. They should beat Buffalo, but that means nothing. That means absolutely nothing, right? They're still a pretty flawed team. Right, but then but I do think though if you look at other other parts of Indianapolis' season, right, the loss to Houston was a loss, but it could have very well been a tie, it could have sure. very well been a win. So I agree that their win against Buffalo doesn't tell us a ton, but what it does tell us is, you know, how they end up playing will tell us something and also the previous they're not a one in five team, I don't think. That's what I'm, I'm trying to was say. Was it two weeks ago that we said Tennessee was a good bet to win this division, and they just they heard that and weirdly themselves off the top of the building. weirdly their odds have not changed substantially since. Uh, so I still think they are a decent because when you look at their the construction of their season so far, they have a win. They have two wins against Houston and Jacksonville. The one win at Jacksonville, I do think that will be big. If Indianapolis is as bad as they've looked so far. Tennessee has two games against them as right. well. So I, our simulations have always liked them relative to the market. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. I think I would, if I had to bet on this division, I would take Tennessee at plus 330. All right, next question. Um, this one is interesting because the basically the NFL is all offensive driven. Yep. So uh, the question is, Are there is there a team this season sort of like maybe the Bills from 2017 I hesitate to say 2,000 Ravens because they were so great defensively. But basically a team where the defense is going to get you to the playoffs and make you a force in the playoffs. In other words, it's not just about your quarterback. Do you think that team exists? No. Uh, so I look at the, the Super Bowl, you know, if you do our simulations, look at the teams with the best Super Bowl odds. You have the, the Patriots, Rams, Saints, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. It's not until you get to Baltimore and Minnesota do you have teams that have are driven by their defense? You are just you're and, you're you can't stop. <laughs> you just can't stop. You hate Kirk Cousins so much. I I actually don't hate Kirk Cousins, and you but hate I hate Kirk Cousins like I hate the shirt you wore today. That's the, wow. That's you put Joe Flacco and Kirk, Kirk Cousins having an amazing season behind a tinfoil offensive line. That's exactly it, though, right? So, like, Flacco actually has played okay at times this season, but neither one of us are going to say, oh, he, he's going to be a good quarterback come season's end. Kirk Cousins has played terrifically. He's, he's been a 97 or something passer when pressured. Those things regress, right? And, and I, so I don't put him on the same plane as Joe Flacco. What I'm saying is that team is considered a defense-first team, and then their offense is just trying to get to their defense's level. That's, what, so that's mostly what I'm saying. I think that may be what people think, but people are dumb, really dumb. And Minnesota's offense is certainly the driving force behind whether they— So like, if you're telling me Minnesota makes it to second round of the playoffs, it has nothing to do with their defense because their offense is playing great. Uh, I mean, Would you disagree? 
I I would say to to go that far, it would be because their offense has okay. done what it's ne- no what's necessary of them. Sure. So I guess I guess the point of the, this they made the be- playoffs last season and got to the NFC Championship game on the backs of a surprising offense and a really good defense. Yes. Yeah, but that that offense was playing well. I think I think there there were times when that offense played well. Oh yeah. My God, it's we can't talk about the Vikings. It's just amazing. Case Keenum had the best season that he will ever have in any. He hasn't played that well ever in his entire life. He's playing amazingly. Right, but <laughs> Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. But you're were talking. You're talking about Cal Rudolph was you're, great. You're talking about F Prime when I'm talking about F. Oh my God. <laughs> Case Keenum was an Sorry. okay quarterback last year. I apologize. <laughs> our our video just got taken off YouTube because of false advertising. <laughs> supposed to be, we were told there would be no uh, calculus in this video. Okay, I do agree with you. I think the team that that you didn't talk about that people probably still think has a chance at winning the Super Bowl that would fall into this category are the Bears. So I think if the Bears make it to the playoffs, I have zero faith that Trubisky (laughs) is turning into a top 15 quarterback this season despite his shredding of the Bucs, the mighty vaunted Bucs. So if they were to make it, I do think it would be because that defense turns into a legendary defense. That being said, I'm not I'm not betting on it, right? I'm taking Rodgers and I'm taking Cousins. So what is the there's a team that that you are fond of that the Chicago Bears of 2018 remind me of and that team is like the 2011 49ers. Like mm-hmm. new coach, sure. Defense is really good, quarterback is improving just trying to hang on and you get in that playoff game right and they get in the playoffs against new orleans and they had to win based on their quarterback you know alex smith played the best game of his life against new orleans and then when they played the giants in the nfc championship game that year the game like just stalled you know to a crawl right i don't i don't see chicago being able to sort of lift themselves up and beat a team especially now seven eight years later like new orleans uh, you know, like the Rams, I don't think their offense can keep up, and I don't think defenses nowadays can stop brilliant offenses in, in a meaningful way. So I, I find a hard, I find it hard to see Chicago doing anything, even if they get in the playoffs. Fair, I agree. All right, last question that we're going to try and hopefully answer by the end of this week. It's funny that we always try and answer these questions on Sunday night. It's like, yeah, yeah, kind of. I don't know. We're week seven. What would have to happen this week for this answer to change? This answer, well, so if Chicago's defense comes out and shuts Tom Brady down, <laughs> yep, right. Like if Khalil yep. Mack was in fact injured last week, if it was hot in Miami, that's probably the warmest game they're playing the rest of the season, and you know their their coverage stays intact, right? It doesn't get yep. hurt and everything. Like I don't know, that'd be the only. I, I think the answer to this question actually pulls into this this third question here, which is: Will offensive football show signs of regression? If we see the the Rams and the the Saints and the Chiefs and Pittsburgh those types of teams the Patriots if we see their offenses come back to earth a little bit over the course of this week and the next couple weeks maybe then the answer to second question is more plausible because sure. right now it just looks like no matter what you do to Kansas City you force them to field yeah. goals you th- you intercept them they're putting up forty you know same thing with New England slow start the Rams haven't played well the last two weeks and have still won mm-hmm. like I think that you know we need to see offenses regress before we're going to say anything about defenses I think I agree uh, so will offenses show signs of regression this week <laughs> so 
I think the I think one of the things that's really buoyed the NFL right now is you're seeing some mid-level quarterbacks and some rookies play terrific, right? And it's really elevated the league as a whole. Andy Dalton, for example, is sixth among quarterbacks in PFF grade per snap. Like he was not sixth last year, and so I think if you see him regress a little bit then that's sort of more normal. Baker Mayfield's seventh in, in the NFL in PFF grade per snap as a quarterback. If you see that regress because of his offense being poor or him just regressing as a rookie, Cam Newton's eighth, right? And he's been a, a guy that both you and I have really struggled to watch in terms of his accuracy. Sure. If he goes down, then I think the league is more, you know, more widely distributed and maybe, maybe you start to see defense matter more. Widely distributed. All right, let's go to a trend zone. This one's fun. So the Sunday night game this week is uh, it was flexed. Sadly, it was going to be Niners Rams, which would have been a cool game. And then Jimmy G died, and now we get Bengals or Cincinnati Bengals versus the Kansas City Chiefs. So here is a nice little trend zone for you because Andy Dalton, he's probably not the greatest primetime quarterback in recent memory, but the Bengals as a whole have really struggled on Sunday night. So the Bengals in Sunday night games, uh, they've played in 18. They were 3-15 and 15 overall. They have lost eight straight. Their last victory was a 16-13 victory over the Dolphins in 20, uh, 2004. So. <laughs> John, was John Kitna the quarterback or was that Palmer? Oh, wow. That's a good question. I think it was Palmer. I think Palmer's first year was 04. I loved Carson Palmer. It was great. Um, so that's why they're, they're six and a half. Are they six? Six and a half? I think they're six. We would put it at six and, six a, half, and a half, it would appear. Not necessarily a pick on PFF, but a um, but a uh, one where we would lean Kansas City for sure. Yeah, that's going to be. If he comes out and throws like four picks. The thing is that that Kansas City defense is so bad. Like Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green – it's not as if the pass rush for Kansas City is the greatest thing in, in world history. So, I don't know. This could be a decent game for him. All right. Uh, next up, we have a special edition of uh, – actually, I don't know what it's a special edition of. But the topic of this is the fade route. We've talked yeah. about Questions it. Questions from the dark web. This has been one, I think, where we've gotten – you've, I think, were the first one to point this out. But we've gotten a lot of like tweets that have said – how bad is the fade route? How you know what you know what is? So this is like basically you know how Barack Obama in his book had a composite girlfriend. Sure, this is a composite question from the. That's dark fair. Web. All right. So the, does that mean we need just uh, receiving word that Samparanta, in fact, did come out with a new flavor this week? Samparanta, of course, a sparkling water for men. Finally, I mean, you have uh, to. It's about it's about time. Uh, Samparanta. New flavor for every week of the NFL season because they know that what men need is sparkling water and a new one every single week of the NFL season. And so their flavor this week is Kinky Kiwi because it's the time of the NFL season where you notice something that just gets you all hot and bothered and it gets you through the week. There's a few of those, one of which here is the fact that the uh, the fade sucks. So give you a broad a broad painting of this picture the fade route generates uh negative epa every time it is thrown uh the end zone fade the only throw that is worse is the throwaway 
Yeah. Right. So, and like, not only is so negative EPA is really impressive on on a play inside the five yard line because there are other plays. And we wrote it up in the article. Go to ProFootballFocus.com. There's other routes that have less than 50% success rates, like that are completed less than 50% of the time. Those routes still have average positive EPA right. on them because it's so it's so skewed near the end zone, right? It's Everything's for the offense. Um, but fades stand alone. In fact, fades are so bad, George, that running the football is a more efficient is a more efficient That's play. That's all you need to know, right? The fade route completed about a 30% clip over the past, was it four or five years? Here's what I love about this, though. The fade route is like the ultimate big boy, I'm better than you route, right? Yeah. I, I, my athleticism is better than your athleticism. So it's always, okay, we're going to put Des Bryant, put Calvin Johnson out here, and they're just going to own your cornerback. So when you're targeting the fade, you're generally like, okay, well, I'm targeting my best player. So that's what makes this the most hilarious so i looked at all the guys that have um 10 or more end zone fade targets i think over the past since 2014 or 2013 or whatever it was so this list deandre hopkins des bryant brandon marshall jimmy graham aj green calvin johnson alshon jeffrey michael crabtree julio jones some people will laugh larry fitzgerald and rob gronkowski pretty decent group you'd say yeah they're they're above average above average completion rate throwing end zone fades to that group 32.7%. 72.9 pass rating when targeting those guys on end zone fades. So the moral of the story, do not throw end zone fades. I mean, we we opened the article with this, but basically like it is a really impressive play, right? You're talking about a guy basically using basketball athleticism to go up and get the ball or a quarterback making a sort of a perfect throw to a receiver. And that's super impressive. But as we said about like Saquon Barkley, for example, what's impressive is not necessarily valuable, right? And 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 football is like this Had game. To bring some Saquon fade <laughs> football, in here, man. Football, <laughs> fade the fade, shade the fade, all the all, all the aids. Um, so yeah, I think you know we have to when you're watching football, it's always fun to look at something that requires a lot of good football that doesn't end up being that. Valuable. The one other thing I think about when I is Eric telling you how to watch football. Hey. Outside zone, for example, Coming is another one. Guy that can't like, even pick a shirt in the morning. Just unbelievable. I can pick a shirt. <laughs> people, people hate on the shirt. The shirt's good. The shirt is a good. You ha- shirt. Okay, so this is a great, great segue by me. Uh, if you want to see this shirt, which you do, believe, believe you me. No, no, no. Leave it on. No, leave it on. We're gonna make people go watch the college pick of the week, which this week. We're not going to talk about this a lot because you should go check out the video, but it is NC State, Clemson, 17 and a half. We're not, I'm not going to tell you what it is right now. You want to go check it out, but mostly because you'll get to see Eric's shirt. NC State, Clemson should be a fun game to watch, actually. Trevor Lawrence, Ryan Finley. Um, Finley is a pretty good quarterback, so you'll want to check that out. College pick of the week on the PFF TV slash YouTube channel, wherever fine videos are sold. All right, before we get into our NFL picks, I'm going to go ahead and get on to mybookie.ag. The reason being is that uh, I'd be an idiot if I decided to go through picks without being able to make an investment right at that moment. Mybookie.ag, they have every pick you could possibly or every bet you could possibly want, spreads, totals, even uh, futures on Super Bowl. We have a video out on that. You should go check it out. Um, They make it pretty easy to cash out, which is awesome. And if you use promo code PFF, you can get a dollar-for-dollar match on your first deposit. So 
I'm on my bookie. You should be on my bookie. Make it happen. PFF plus my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. All right. Let's uh, let's kick it off here. Let's start with the Thursday night game. The Denver Broncos are going to Arizona. Okay, they are favorites in Arizona. Am I an idiot for thinking this is ridiculous? I think this is absurd. Yeah, I mean that's I. So you're basically saying that Denver is four points better than Arizona on a neutral field. Um, we would probably put it more as like a pick 'em, maybe even shade the Cardinals. De- it's first off, it's minus two on my bookie. Denver is minus two. Yeah, so that I mean, so from that perspective, it's it's been and this number has bounced around a little bit. If you go on on Green Line, for example, it's it's moved its way around uh, quite a bit with you know things about injuries to the you know Broncos secondary, but also we have a few players out. Uh, for the Cardinals so one of the interesting things obviously we're going to have the Cardinals here but one of the interesting things that I look at that is a bit counterintuitive to me the total here is about 42 42 and a half and we would like the over in this one George what do you think I don't hate it the, one of the reasons I, I don't dislike the over at all is that both of these offensive lines are bad uh, Case Keenum is bad and Josh Rosen well I don't think he's bad going to be under pressure a ton so the chance for a defensive uh touchdown or just short fields created by the defense i think is highly plausible um so i do like this game quite a bit uh let's go to let's stay i actually want to stay in the um uh on the west i want to go to niners rams throw a little curveball which is a game that we do not have a pick against spread or over under however you've been waxing poetic about the 49ers over the last cj bethard man well so this is an interesting one i'd have to look it up it probably by the way it's 10 on my bookie yeah it's probably not something that has happened very often the rams are on their third consecutive road game right now that it'll be their third consecutive road game where they're favored by a touchdown or more um if the Niners can pull off a cover as they did last week against the Green Bay Packers, which we had as one of our picks, I would say uh, you know that th- would be also the third consecutive game the Rams did not cover that number. So um, I don't know, man. I I don't know. I think the Forty ers the Forty ers put together a pretty pretty good performance Monday night offensively. It'll, I'm, I'm interested to see if they can repeat that because they had a good offensive performance against the Ram or against the uh, Chargers. Poor against Arizona, good against Green Bay. It's kind of hit or miss with them. The, there's been some talk about how what the Niners did against the Packers to sort of stymie their play action game would work against the Rams, and like how interesting that'll be. What's hilarious about that is that it's like the assumption that Sean McVay is he's not going to watch any tape between now and then. He won't be prepared. He's going to be totally caught off guard by what the Niners did last week on Monday night. That is hilarious. Sean McVay will not be caught off. Niners on a short week is another interesting thing here. Did you know that the Rams run 11 personnel like all the time? Did did. you know this? I did, actually. Is it amazing? I'm Uh, just surprised you're not taking off articles of clothing right now. Well, um, I have such a great article of clothing, I would not discard it. Sweating everywhere. So so the total here is interesting because it was... In the it was like fifty right early on in the week and now it's fifty two which is exactly what our number is. Yeah. Um, I do think that the Rams defense can continue to be had. I think the only reason the Rams did not win, did not lose in Denver last week was how poor Case Keenum could play. You know was able yeah. uh, to put it together. So 
you know, the Niners have a lot of speed offensively. They they mix things up quite a bit. I do think that they'll have some success. And their defense, as you said, is not going to be able – like the difference between how you know, McVay and McCarthy is – Well, uh, this is as the, big as McCarthy is. Th- so this was the interesting thing that um, our buddy Justice wrote up in his piece yeah. uh, about the Rams and their offense. The, the fact that they run play action from under center, like, okay, that's that, – that I think for a lot of people is, like, surprising. But, like, the Eagles do that every single time they're under center, which isn't that much. But w- I, what I thought was so interesting about that was the way that their play action game moves from deep to yes. short being Very basically the opposite of what the Packers do, which is, you know, look, let's look at the slant flat. Let's look at it again. If it's not open, let's consider just taking a knee, moving on to the next play. If that is not advantageous, we'll think about it again, and then we'll go deep. right? So it's basically like, unless Aaron, Aaron Rodgers creates something, they're not looking deep. Whereas Jared Goff, when he runs play action, I, I feel like every time I watch a Rams game, I see the same play happen 90% of the time, which is play action, deep crosser over the middle. Like It just happens with such regular, regularity. It's unbelievable. Their offense is fantastic. And I think you mentioned this, right? The, the 11 personnel thing, I think it's just a function of the coach understanding who their strongest players are and keeping them on the field. And the fact that Todd Gurley is a guy you don't need to take off the field and their tight ends suck. So why would you put two of them out there? But what's cool about that is that Sean McVay is not trying to do too much right it's the acknowledgement of this is our best personnel we can be creative without switching players in and out right it allows you to go no huddle do all these things that kind of keep the the defense off balance which is great yeah i mean i for for me it's one of those where it seems like a team like green bay just gives defenses breaks for no reason yeah. right you saw the slant flat concept as long as the defense can make a tackle need more of it there's there's not a the, where where is that the, uh sorry cutting you off where can people read that piece by it's on uh optimum scouting yeah so go check it out that yeah, was cool that was awesome he's a good dude all right next game uh where do you want to go oh man uh let's go to because i'm gonna get flack for this i might as well get it out of the way let's go to new york or new jersey east rutherford unique new york and talk about the Give Vi- it to me. No, the God. vikings talk about the vikings three and a half right. point favorites at new york can we put a timer on why this? is this only three and a half one George? minute Go. No, why is this only three and a half? God. All right, fine. Well, (laughs) why is this three and a half? Why is this only three and a half? Uh, Because it's Kirk Cousins on the road. The Jets just won a couple of games at home. Um, The Vikings have a bad offensive line. I don't know. That's probably why it's three and a half. I don't hate the Jets here. Three and a half is a lot. That's saying the Vikings are six and a half points better than the Jets on neutral field, which... I think is is going into the season though. What would this spread be? You think? Oh, uh, probably five. Okay. All right. So have the Vikings. But I, see, I hate when you do this because we're six weeks into the season. Right. But I'm. What, but let's like, ignore question, everything we've learned about. Right. But what teams. have we learned about the Vikings? Is my question. Are they that Kirk Cousins, as you said five hours ago when we first talked about them on this podcast has been amazing under pressure 92.6 pass rating that is sure to regress their offensive line as i said seven and a half hours ago on this podcast is made of tinfoil and it's in new jersey kirk cousins doesn't strike me i just i just wonder he's over there grilling steaks medium well on the lake minnetonka shores he's not ready for jersey he's not ready for the jersey shore all right 
I just, I just, I. F- it's weird. We actually have. We actually like the Jets a little the bit. Jets here. I'm are just the right side of this pick for sure. All right, we are over a minute, so we are moving on from that horrible, terrible game. Thank you, Matt. Let's go to Jacksonville, Houston. They are getting five. Let me actually check. Talk about two teams that are like I could be tempted to place a bet right now. Yeah, so Jacksonville is a five-point favorite news. at home. Five and a half on my bookie. Yeah. Um, we we like Houston here. I think all of the fundamentals say Houston is the right pick, is the For right once. side. But I, it, it, the whole motivation factor for the Jaguars, their defense has just been grilled a couple of times. They're still incredibly talented. They are weaker at some spots. But the Texans are beat up, man. So I, those two things worry me. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think that their advantage with uh, you know being able to stress defenses with DeAndre Hopkins as well as Will Fuller and Kiki Kuti, all three of those guys are questionable, which is tough, right? But I think you know Jacksonville last week was really you know they they were targeted not only in the run game but also in the slot cornerback uh, with Tyler Patman. So their defense is a little bit um, I think down. My concern is that you know Watson has been pressured so much this year. And Jacksonville, that's like when the Saxonville came out last year against Houston in yeah. week one. I, I wonder like how, how much of an opportunity Watson is going to be able to get to be uh, you know, a player that I think is graded pretty well this year. Um, especially, I think he's first among quarterbacks and possibly graded percentage on dropbacks. So are we going to be able to see that or is he just going to be under siege the entire time? Right. If he's, I wish I knew how healthy he was because he clearly was not healthy. Um, in last week's game, there's no shot, in, and he apparently had some sort of lung issue. That doesn't strike me as something that just like I'm not a doctor, but strike me as something that that uh, all of a sudden heals rather quickly. Though I think Houston again is the right side. Not in love with it, but I think it's the right side of that game. Next game up, let's go to Tampa Bay on purpose. Really? Yep. So Tampa Bay is a three and a half point favorite on the consensus line. We would shade a little bit towards Cleveland here. God help us all. How do you feel about that? I never feel great about Cleveland. I feel better about Cleveland after they lost a game. That you know, I I knew that something was a little fishy after they had won a game. That that's they're not going to react well to that. I can tell you that right now. Here's what worries me about this: is that what we saw with the bears going into Miami and not being prepared for the heat. You cannot convince me that the Browns are going to be prepared for this. It's like you could tell me anything you want. I would not believe it about the Browns being ready for the heat and humidity of Tampa Bay. And the, the bucks offense is solid. Very good. So if the, if the Browns are sort of affected by the heat and unable to take advantage of the bucks defense would be in for, long game here's a wonky thing about this game baker mayfield 7.4 percent of his of his passes have been big time throws 2.8 have been turnover worthy 38.3 pass rating under pressure james winston about 1.4 of his passes of big time throws almost seven percent have been turnover worthy like those are unstable things so you'd imagine they re- they regress but if they stay the same in this game there's a legitimate sure. shot that the that the Cleveland Browns end up winning this game outright. But 
how many of Baker's great throws have just been dropped? Oh, right. I mean, and Jameis, the the big time throw turnover worthy play thing, that's less than ten percent of your throws total. Yeah. So there's this huge swath of your throws that are not encapsulated by that. And Jameis is making a crap ton of positively graded yes. throws. The guy has actually been pretty good since coming back. Not yeah. quite fits magic worthy, but pretty close. He's been worth a few lops, you know, crab legs, lobsters, things like that. Nice. Nice. All right, let's do let's do two more. Um let's talk about Oh man. Let's talk fine. Let's talk about Indy Buffalo. I mean Yeah. So Buffalo is getting seven and a half in Indy. Buffalo was Lovely getting, Indianapolis. Buffalo was getting ten last week. We loved Buffalo last week. They almost they almost gave it up, but they ended up they ended up covering. Derek Anderson's the quarterback. This is great. The, the Bills have had the worst quarterback play in the NFL this season, and it's not particularly close. Josh Allen is the second lowest graded quarterback. Nathan Peterman, in 50 snaps, was like the third worst ever on just a, in you know just total um, negative, disgusting horribleness. Like he was god awful. So Derek Anderson just has to be not the worst quarterback in the NFL, and their offense takes a huge jump against the defense in the Colts that is not great. Uh, it's like 27th in, in pressure rate, um, fifth highest in terms of EPA allowed for defenses um, on uh, passing plays. So, uh, or sorry, I said that wrong. They're like, it's early down passing plays yeah. is what we were talking about. Yeah. Yep. Um, so it, Derek Anderson should be in a spot where he can be successful, and the Bills' defense is solid. Yeah, Anderson had, you know, we basically replaced, you know, Allen with a replacement level slash Derek Anderson level quarterback, and the model moved towards Buffalo. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. So um, that that's something to note here. Um, it's like the Browns with Kaiser last year. You yeah. just put in an average replacement player, not average, so a replacement player. You look, at, you look at the four units here. Buffalo's defense is clearly the best of the four units. You're just writing off special teams. It's hurtful. It is hurtful, truthful. But <clears throat> so, so I like I like that aspect of it. I like the fact that you know Andrew Luck actually has more turnover worthy plays than big time throws this year. Buffalo could capitalize on some of those. Um, he Luck is also kind of that high variance player that was like Deshaun Watson, who the Buffalo Bills contained last week. Uh, the receivers for Indianapolis, even with Ty back, nowhere near as good as those for uh, you know Houston again, who Buffalo kind of handled last week. This one's a completely hold your nose, don't watch the game, blah, blah, blah. But I, I think this is probably the best one of the week in yeah. terms of a pick, I, not, not, I, not a game to watch. Seven and a half is too much. It's just too much. The Colts are fine, but they should not be favored by more than a touchdown against – a. the Bills are a real team because they actually have a unit that is comprised of real NFL players. And people may forget that Derek Anderson and has a connection with tight end Kelvin Benjamin. Yeah, and the that McDerm- McDermott's a really good defensive mind. I mean, there's no, there's almost, there's, there's sort of no way, uh, you know, we would, um, you know, dismiss that. I think he's probably as good of a defensive mind as Frank Reich is an offensive mind. The total forty three and a half. It's the under. This is one of those ones where I think the under is a decent play. I'm never betting an under, but. Yeah, sure. The the reason that's useful is that you say, look, uh, there's a good chance this game is low scoring, whether you're just looking at the Vegas total or what we have on green line. And that means that winning by more than seven is unlikely for either side, obviously. So 
I like the Bills here. I might sprinkle a little bit on the Bills' money line just because I think they have a legit shot of winning this game. As much as I love Andrew Luck, he has not been great. His pass rating from a clean pocket, 97.3. Yeah, the, the Colts and the Falcons were two teams we were relatively high on that have not produced so far. Let's talk about the Falcons. At home, Monday Night Football, Tess, Boog, Wit in the booth. So, Boog, what do you think? This number has moved towards the Giants. It was five and a half. Now it's four and a half. We like Atlanta. I'd just like to see Saquon Barkley pull a rabbit out of his head here. Yeah, it'd be a giant rabbit out of his head. (laughs) So, there... This is now four and a half. Uh, it is moving a little bit today, it looks like, towards, towards the G-men. And I've got to imagine the reason behind this is the Falcons' defense, not great. And Saquon Barkley figures to be a guy that could take advantage of them. I will remind you of this. Saquon Barkley took advantage of the Eagles at home. I, I think that's the thing to remember is the key here is that Eli Manning is not good. Saquon Barkley was incredible in that game. He torched everyone every time he touched the ball, and they got shellacked. So unless Eli Manning all of a sudden finds a way to hit Odell Beckham deep a couple of times, that's, that's worrisome to me. I, and I think the idea that this is a must-win game for the Giants, it has been a must-win game for the Giants for a while. Every game for the Falcons is a must-win game. Yeah, I, I may have some questions about Dan Quinn. Not one of them is that he is like not aware of the state of his team in terms of needing to win a game or not so yeah i mean from yeah i mean i think the falcons have been much improved from their coaching standpoint from their analytics standpoint etc cetera, etc cetera, since week one the the thing that i want to maybe ask here we obviously like atlanta we were low on the giants we're high on atlanta seemingly in perpetuity the over here 54 and a half with give, all the things you said about Eli Manning. Give me the over. Why? Because Eli Manning will probably throw one to a Falcons player. He's also, they've got to just play, use a couple of trick plays here, right? They did that against uh, the Panthers, Carolina. and I don't know why they didn't do it against the Eagles, but you've got to figure they pull out everything, and the Falcons' offense is unstoppable. Yeah, well, especially by a Giants defense who, like Alec Ogletree, good luck against those running backs, uh, and uh, their cornerbacks have not played Lito as well Smith, baby. A, as well as they did in 2016 when they were a surprise playoff team. Yeah, the Falcons are scoring a lot of points in this game. All right, before we get out of here, I want to talk about two games, neither of which we have a pick on, but are the two best games of the week, and I just don't want to not talk about these games. So uh, let's go to Chicago first. Bears-Patriots, a matchup of Brady versus this Bears defense. We talked about this game a little bit earlier. The, the Patriots are favored by three in this game. Um, we don't have a pick on it, but which side would be the right side in your opinion? Yeah, so, I mean, we would sh- our numbers would shade Chicago, but it's really hard for me to, ha- to, to take a Brady or Brady-Belichick team against a, an up-and-coming team that thinks they're good, right? It'd be, it's hard for me to go against New England in this case, right? It seems like every single time a team has tried to pop up and be something in this NFL, the New England – Kansas City last week. New England has come in and knocked them down a peg. So I don't know, like, against the spread, it might be hard because, you know, we saw it last week that three is a, is. Is a, is a number. But 
the I think the Patriots win this game. I don't think there's there's really not a doubt in my mind, but um, you know, and, I, and they probably do cover here. Mitch Trubisky still hey, has the same number of positively graded throws this year as negatively graded throws. That simply doesn't happen. Uh, he has more uh, turnover, same amount of turnover worthy plays as big time throws. Again, that doesn't happen very often. So, yeah, man, Patriots here at three. Much less worried about three than I would be three and a half. The reason I think the Patriots are the right side here, and the reason I think they're the right side, and I'm going to be wrong for sure, but Mitch Trubisky against Bill Belichick is a huge mismatch. I know there will be the narrative of Matt Nagy, he's an Andy Reid guy, Andy Reid has had success against Bill Belichick. Andy Reid had Pat Mahomes. Different plant, they're different species. All right, Mitch Trubisky is going to struggle against Bill Belichick. I have zero doubt about that. If Bill, if Bill could scheme up a couple of ints against uh, Pat Mahomes, he's getting Trubisky a couple times. Trubisky's had one good game, and it was against the Bucks, who fired their defensive coordinator because their defense was so terrible. That was his only good game. That was it. He's been a travesty ever uh, in every other situation. So um, I think he makes him get to his second read a bunch. I am not bullish on... Mitch Trubisky on his second read in any shape or form. So um, I think that's the right side. And I, I think the, the narrative of – sorry, I'm trying to stop saying I think so much. I finally caught myself saying it. You should, st- you should be more millennial, I can say, I feel. Mm, don't have feelings, so that's a problem. Yeah. But the narrative of offenses are dictating everything continues, I believe it, with every fiber of my being. And so – that continues in this game, and the Patriots dictate how this uh, this game moves. Right, that game last week was dictated by the offense on each side, and it will be again this week. Speaking of something that could bust that narrative, Ravens at home against you're, New Orleans. You're forgetting what I said. We were talking about. We were talking about the two best games of the week. Ravens Saints isn't one of the best games of the week. We missed. We missed. You don't like Chiefs Bengals on Sunday night. I, as big of a Chiefs fan as I am, I actually think the Ravens-Saints is a better game. And we were totally crossed there. Okay. All right, let's go Great. Chiefs. Can't wait to talk about the Ravens. Well, because in this game, actually, our only pick is the under. Okay. And New Orleans and unders is kind of like rough to... Mm-hmm. So the, this is basically let's implying about this one. That, I, the, that the Ravens are going like to dictate Breeze, this game a little bit. Breeze versus the Ravens. Right. Because it, it, it's a compelling matchup. You have, you know, Baltimore. rich. Baltimore has probably the best defense in the NFL. The Saints have one of the best offenses, if not the best offense, and a defense that has been shaky at times. Ravens, or, uh, sorry, uh, Saints coming off of a bye. Ravens coming off of a big road win. So I think a compelling matchup here. So would you take the under then if it's at fifty? You know, I think I, I think I actually would. I, I you know, I think the, the Ravens are not going to put up their end of the bargain. Um, because I just don't think that they have the explosive wide receivers and, and you know running game, you know running backs out of the backfield uh, that that you need to exploit the Saints. And I think the Saints are going to very much you know use Mark Ingram the same way that they did on that Monday night against against Washington. And I think the Ravens you know secondary, if any secondary can match up with the Saints, I think it's theirs. Yes, I agree. I, this is tough because the Saints are so good at putting their best players at the other team's weakest point. So I think they will have success doing that again. And their defense, a little banged up. 
it's very tough. Yeah. Very tough. But 50 is a high number. So if I were tempted to bet any under this week, this would be the one that I would that I would go for. And you're right. This is the second best game. Since he Kansas City, we talked about this. The trend zones never fail. Andy Dalton's going to struggle. Um, and that spreads way, way, way big anyway. So I think you're right. Um, we're going to wrap this up, but I just want to see if I was right about Mitch Trubisky here. I have this uh, feeling that on when he gets to his second read, he's not great. What about when he throws left? Also bad. All right. Uh, here's your list of uh, guys with a turnover-worthy play rate of over 10% when they move to their second read. Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, Case Keenum, Josh Allen, Ben Roethlisberger, Sam Bradford, and Mitchell Trubisky. So there you have it. That is this week's forecast. Again, check in with us on Sunday night, Monday morning. Monday morning, really. But we will be grinding on Sunday night to get you guys early look ahead lines. Check out profootballfocus.com for all of our content. And of course, visit mybookie.ag. See you guys on the flip side. Have you been wanting to lose weight and get healthy? Now's the perfect time to start Nutrisystem. Enjoy your favorite foods made healthier, delivered free to your door. Right now, you can get Uniquely Yours Ultimate, our most complete foolproof plan at an amazing price. Order today and save 50%, plus get an extra $40 off. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash save and discover what millions of people already know. Nutrisystem works. Limitations apply. See website for full offer details.